This is America on Par, a powerful punch, a political punditry, and a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. There's obviously been a lot of talk this week about guns and gun control, thanks to the new regulations announced by President Obama. But I wanted to go back and show you where America's unique gun rights come from. Most of you know they come from the Second Amendment, of course. Uh, This is the quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, so what did the founders mean by a well-regulated militia? Was this only about the military? No, this was about the people. This was about us. Let me prove it to you by quoting from George Mason, one of the co-authors of the Second Amendment. He said, I ask, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people. To disarm the people is the best and most effectual way to enslave them. They, They saw the Second Amendment as a guarantee of the the liberty and the freedom that the revolution was fought for. George Washington thought that every citizen from 18 to 50 should be provided with, quote, uniform arms. And, And he also said that they might be, quote, called forth at short notice on any very interesting emergency. Washington's thought was that all Americans should be called upon to defend the country at any given moment. And thus, all Americans should have weapons, guns of their own that they could use to defend the freedom of America as a whole. It's about all of us, not just those trained in in military, although Washington wanted us all to be trained that way, but he, he definitely wanted everybody to have the weapon. Now, it would be a mistake to assume The Second Amendment was just about national defense, about a regulated militia. That was part of it, but it wasn't all of it. Thomas Jefferson was greatly influenced by a man named Cesare Beccaria. Beccaria was an Italian man who wrote a book called On Crimes and Punishment. Now, he was in favor of taking Enlightenment ideas and applying them to the justice system. Beccaria's ideas greatly influenced American justice, the justice system that we see today. Beccaria opposed the death penalty. This is back in the 1700s, he opposed the death penalty. That's pretty enlightened. He thought punishments should fit the crime and not be overly cruel or unusual. Those thoughts are also found in our Constitution today. Now, Jefferson quoted Beccaria on the idea of gun control. Here's the quote. False is the idea of utility that sacrifices a thousand real advantages for one imaginary or trifling inconvenience that would take fire from men because it burns and water because one may drown in it. That has no remedy for evils except destruction. So, so what they're saying is, 
Look, fire is dangerous, but you don't take fire away from people. Water can be dangerous. You can drown in water, but you don't, you don't deny people water. Yes, guns can be dangerous, but you don't deny them from people because they serve such a greater function. Here's the quote. It continues. Laws that forbid the carrying of arms are of such a nature. They disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crimes. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. They act rather to encourage than prevent homicides. For an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. An unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an unarmed man. Think about this. If you have to pick a fight with somebody, you're going to pick a fight with the biggest person? Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) You're going to go after the person you think you can whoop, right? Criminals think the same way. And Jefferson and Beccaria knew it over 200 years ago. In Beccaria's case, we're coming up on 300 years ago. They're saying taking away guns from law-abiding citizens is like taking away fire or water. If used incorrectly or accidentally, they can become deadly, but the benefit they provide overall is worth that risk. This isn't just theoretical. It's real. It's not just for the age of muskets. It applies today. Last weekend, a Springfield, Missouri family was at a gas station at about 9 o'clock. The dad was pumping gas. Mom was inside the car with her kids, and another man walked up to the car and pulled out a machete. Now, the mom tried to lock the doors, but she panicked and rolled down the window instead. And the man with the big knife reached into the car with the mom and the three small kids in the back. Put yourself in that position. This happened last weekend. The woman called out to her husband, pull out your gun and shoot this blankety-blankety-blank. She used some cuss words. The man with the knife said to her, here's the quote, you're lucky he has a gun. You're lucky he has a gun. This was just last weekend, not 200 years ago. This wasn't in some foreign country. This was in the heart of America, just about as close as you can get to the geographic center of this country. The guy may have been insane, but does it really matter to you if the person who stabs you and your family at a gas station only does so because he's nuts? No. Would the police have been able to prevent this tragedy? No. Only the person who has the gun on him right then and there was able to do it. The man... The suspect was soon caught by police after trying to break into a few other cars. In the end, no shots were fired. No one was hurt. The Second Amendment saved lives. Four days later, our president took executive actions designed to make it easier to prevent people from buying the same type of personal defense. Springfield incident isn't an isolated case. There's a website that tracks defensive gun incidents. It's called gunssavelives.net. In the last year alone, there have been at least 195 incidents 
where a person with a gun was able to protect themselves and others from would-be attackers. I'm not talking about police officers. These are private citizens with a gun. They saved at least 283 lives. That's only the incidents that made the news. There may be many more where the incident wasn't picked up and reported by the media. It also doesn't include the incidents where having a gun or the thought that a potential victim might have a gun prevented the assault in the first place. Remember what Jefferson said, an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. You're a criminal and you look over and you see, you know what, that guy may be packing, I'm not sure. You're not going to make the risk. I agree we should try and prevent criminals or would-be criminals from having weapons. But what's worse than criminals having weapons is law-abiding citizens not having weapons. Let's go back again to one of the founders, Thomas Paine. Quote, The supposed quietude of a good man allures the ruffian, while on the other hand, arms, like laws, discourage and keep the invader and the plunderer in awe and preserve order in the world as well as property. The balance of power is the scale of peace. I love that line. The balance of power is the scale of peace. Thomas Paine's idea of balance of power was the cornerstone of American foreign policy, at least before George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Don't let one nation become more powerful than its neighbors. One nation having a lot of weapons and another next door having no defense is not good for world peace. Promoting balances of power prevented wars. That should be the same in our domestic policy. Having a gun balances the power between you and someone who would do you harm. This isn't a new idea. It's at least as old as America itself. But just because the idea is old doesn't mean that it's outdated. The words spoken in defense of the Second Amendment are just as wise today as they were when they were first spoken during the birth of our nation. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave me a comment about this podcast, you can do so at my website, americaonpar.com. If you like what you're hearing, please share these podcasts with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory flying over me.